Some days are terrible. You wish that you were dead, and some days are magical, like grape banana bread. Someday we'll be friends with the voices in our heads. The voices in our heads. Well, happy goddamn day! Hello, everyone. Welcome to the voices in our heads. Congratulations on not killing yourself. Oh my God! You didn't do it. Really proud of you. It's hard sometimes, huh? Yeah, life can be real shit. Ooh, speaking of shit, that was a wet one. The voices in our buttholes. That's my parody podcast based off this podcast, and everything's great, man. What? It got cold again in New York. God damn it! I fucking took out all my tank tops from underneath my bed that last week when it was sixty-two degrees. And I was like, happy day! It's warm again! Well, today, it goddamn snowed. And that's some fucking bullshit. What the fuck, nature? I thought we was warm. To be fair, it is March, so I guess it makes sense that it got cold again. But goddamn it, was I really hanging on to that by a thread? You can't base your happiness in the weather, y'all. That's something I'm learning as I go. The weather can really make my mood so good or so bad. I'm so goddamn affected by the weather. Ugh, it's cold again. And I got, okay, so I got my hair done um, on my birthday with my friend. And the lady, uh, she was busy. The lady that did it, she had a bunch of clients at the same time. And I was like, are you sure you got time for that? Well, I didn't say that out loud. Shoulda, coulda, woulda, right? Didn't say that out loud, but I noticed that there was a lot. She was deal. She was she was painting a lot of heads. She's painting a lot of heads, and so you know, I I showed her a picture of Jane Birkin. If you don't know who that is, then you're young as fuck, and that's okay. But Jane Birkin is like this beautiful movie star lady, and she has golden brown hair. And I showed it to her, and then the lady is like, "Oh, cool!" And then she painted my hair, and then I had to wait. And I had to be patient, and that's very hard for me. And then I got home, and I looked at it, and I was like, that don't look like I showed her, but okay, whatever. Hey, what are you going to do, right? But my friend who went with me knew the woman, so she got her hair done at the same time, and she's like, oh, this this wasn't done right to her hair. And then she looked at my hair, and she was like, yeah, that's not right either. And I was like, it's not. Okay, because I don't really know the words to describe Um why it's wrong I just know that it looks weird and some of my curls went away like I have chunks of hair that are just straight now and I was like oh okay you're just gonna say bye bye to those curls forever huh I mean that look makes me sad a little bit when people don't when people do my hair and they fuck it up which is a lot because my my hair is weird it's very curly it's very unpredictable if you have curly hair you might as well be a goddamn drug addict you got to just plant everything around your hair I have to pack according to my hair, according to the climate. If I lived in a frizzy climate, oh, I'd never be beautiful again. Or at least that's what I tell myself. And I guess I wouldn't be beautiful with that attitude, huh? So I got my hair fixed. They they offered to fix it. And I, I requested a different lady. No offense. We all try our best. But may I get someone else, please? Sometimes I realize when I have a picture of somebody... And I'm showing it to a hairstylist saying, like, this is the color I want. Or I'm showing it to a makeup artist, like, this is the makeup I want. 
And then when they do the thing, I realize it's just because I showed them a picture of a hot person and I just wanted to be that hot. But really, it's the facial structure and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like her face is real hot. It's not the color of her hair or her makeup. It's her fucking face that makes her hot. And I'm not realizing that when I'm showing them the picture because my eyes are not shaped. My eyes are shaped the way my eyes are shaped. What are you going to do? I mean, I guess I could fix it, but that's only if you think it needs fixing. Anyway, I realized that whenever I show a reference photo for how beautiful I want to look, it's always because the lady in the picture, her face is just super fucking hot. So I got to realize that. I'm doing it. I'm learning. I'm growing. Shut the fuck up. I'm trying. I'm coming out with a Patreon April 1st. It's not an April Fool's Day joke. It's real. And I'm going to get fucking, I'm excited for it. And I just wanted to give you a heads up. Okay. You can go on my website and sign up for my email list if you want. And I'll email you when it comes out. And I'll tell you about all the levels. It's going to be real fun. Because man, I feel like we can connect more with each other. And one of the things I want to do on my Patreon is I have all these products and things that I use and that I really, really love. Whether it's hair products or a fucking, you know, cup of caterpillars that I want to buy. I make sure my life is really fun and I feel like I've done a good job at searching for products that I like. And so, you know, podcasts have sponsors, right? Guys Who Fucked had sponsors. You know, people have sponsors and I got a good Instagram following. So I I reached out to these companies. Well, I had my manager reach out to these companies to say, hey, my client uses your product and she wanted to do video. Like, I want to get paid for it, right? And then everyone's like, no, thank you. I'm like, oh, okay, I guess some piece of shit. All right, yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Well, one of the things I want to do on my Patreon is give you recommendations for things for my favorite places to go in New York City. I know if you're going to come to New York City, I can tell you exactly what to do to have the time of your life, okay? I know all these amazing spots because I've lived in the city for 15 years and I no longer say excuse me, I just say move. That's how you know I'm a real New Yorker. I've earned my stripes. All my New York Girl Scout badges. There's a badge of a pigeon because I used to teach pigeons to land on my arm after I bought them a scone from Starbucks. Some may say that's a little much. I say not enough. And... uh I got a one Girl Scout badge of New York that has a homeless guy jerking off. I got one. I got a couple badges of people pooping in front of me on the street, just pooping coming out of their butt. <laughs> I'm just walking and the guy's leaning and I'm like, oh, does he have the heroin leans? And then there's just poopy coming out of his butt. And I'm like, oh, cool. Cute. New York concrete jungle where dreams are met. That's the guy farting. As he poops on the street. Hey, you gotta poop. And I always wondered, like, where do homeless people poop? They gotta poop somewhere. Starbucks bathroom. But when that's closed and you gotta poop, where do you go? You could go to the park, but you usually just poop on the street. Because you gotta poop somewhere. I I mean, I'm not mad. It's you gotta poop. You gotta poop. Hey, speaking of poop, I'm going on tour with Corinne and I have one solo date. I'm going to, Corinne and I are going to be at St. Louis, Missouri Helium Comedy Club, April 1st through 3rd. Nashville, Tennessee, Tuesday, April 13th. We've got two shows. One's a live podcast recording of Guys We Fucked. Portland, Oregon, April 22nd through the 25th at Helium. I'm solo headlining Philadelphia, 
Helium Comedy Club in Philly, April 29th through May 1st. And then Corinne and I are back on the road, Kansas City, Missouri, at the Improv, May 14th and 15th. So can you cut fucking come? We had shows in the Baltimore. Actually, it was Timonium, Maryland. But we just said Baltimore. Um, And it was really fun. I love touring America because I never got to see it. You know? So when Corinne and I started touring a couple years ago, I was like, ooh, this is what my country is like? Cool. Not all of it's cool, but some of it's cool. I love kitschy shit. So Baltimore is where Edgar Allan Poe died. And I have a couple poetry books of his, y'all. And I read them up in my loft when I'm stoned as hell. And I'm like, ooh, he's a sad man. Does he single? Oh, he died. Whoops. But I would date the reincarnated Edgar Allan Poe. He's somewhere. Or maybe you're a girl. Or maybe you're they or them. You know? Who knows? But Corinne was telling me that she went to see Poe's house and stuff when she was a little kid because her mom would take her on these uh, educational trips and I'm like that's cool my parents would take me on not educational trips to Florida in a van we drove and uh and my, the van had a television in it and I hooked up a Sega Genesis to it and I just played video games and laid down in a king-size bed in the back honest to god it was amazing but I didn't have many educational trips which is sad because I I like learning I'm a sponge but, you know, your parents are busy. It's fine. So when we went to Maryland, Baltimore, Maryland, we wanted to see the Poe stuff. And I heard, because I think he, well, he didn't write a poem about it because he died shortly after. But someone discovered him drunk in a ditch and then took him to this hospital where he died. And then we visited that hospital. But I was like, where's the fucking ditch? I want to lie in it. <laughs> I just want to lie in the same ditch that Edgar Allan Poe lied in before he died to just remember how precious life is. Excuse me, guys, where's the ditch where Edgar Allan Poe was laying? And everyone was like, what? You're weird. I'm like, no, I want to lay in it. And then Kern was like, I think someone built stuff on it. And I was like, oh, okay, well, God damn it. There goes that. But the shows were great. We sold out. The clubs were at limited capacity. It was, it's so fun because when Kern and I go on tour, we we fuck with you, the audience. We ask you questions. We want to get to know you. And I really appreciate how honest our audience is. And it was cool because these shows had a lot of people that were like my parents' age, which traditionally I'm very scared to perform it in front of anybody that's around my parents' age because I feel like they will not approve of my ways because I'm still a little scarred from wanting people's approval. So usually that trips me up. But this time around it didn't because I'm changing and I'm growing. So we had people come up at the top of the show. We asked, you know, if, who's having, who's at rock bottom? You know, we'll, we'll turn that frown upside down and we'll rephrase stuff for you that you're going through. We'll, and, we'll, and we'll make you go, see, it's not that bad. And people were very honest. People are very honest at our shows and I really appreciate that. We asked for stories of weird jobs and then I was smoking a cigarette while Kern was on stage for the late show on the Saturday night. And then a woman who was at the earlier show was like, oh, I raised my hand, but you guys didn't see me. But I have a story. And she works at a urologist office. And she told me a story about how a man of about 70 years old came in to this to the doctor's office and was like, I need you to take a, 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 a look-sees at my pee-pee. 
And that's all he really said. And then he pulled his pants down and he had a pair of tweezers lodged fully up his urethra. Ooh, are you clenching your crotch? I know you are, because that sounds painful. But he wasn't even whimpering. You guys, if I had tweezers stuck in my urethra, first of all, that would never happen to me. Because I wouldn't do that. You can't just trip and fall and land on a pair of tweezers up your urethra. That is aim. If you do that, that was meant to be. I'll tell you that much. But then this lady just starts telling me all these fucking stories about dudes putting stuff up their butt or or their dicks. Why do guys... What the fuck? Guys put a lot of stuff up their dicks. I'm like, guys, just get a sounding rod if you're looking for sexual pleasure up your urethra. It's a thing. But it's a safer thing than putting tweet. Like, what are you doing? And then she said the first thing this guy says to her is that he's an artist. And I was like, well, okay, okay. Well, your art is a little odd, but hey, it's okay. The other, you know what? It's a, a rule of thumb that I'm realizing. Speaking about that, the woman who did my hair originally, that made it real stripy. And some of the stripes were white, like white, you know, like the color white. And I was like, well, that's not what I wanted. I look like a Karen. I look, I had, I had a Pennsylvania mom streaky hair coloring job that's what happened and I didn't like that that's not what I wanted that doesn't look like Jane Birkin or Chrissy Teigen oh they're just hot and I want to be hotter okay my hair can't make me okay that's fine but as she was doing my hair the the original woman who did it who made it stripey like a zebra like a Karen zebra I should have known if not for all the clients and her being a little too busy, I should have known that it wasn't going to come out well because she started telling me about all of her horrible relationships and all the drama in her life. And I'm like, oh, girl, I feel like that's, you know, the common denominator is you. You know? So maybe, maybe you got to work on yourself, say some positive affirmations. I'm going to get to that. I'm, I got this new book that I love. Somebody recommended it to me. They DM'd it to me on Instagram, this book that they suggested that they thought I would love. And every once in a while, I'll check my other inbox on Instagram and I'll go through the DMs, but I kind of just do it at random. And that's how I've discovered a lot of books based off of y'all's recommendations. I really appreciate it. But I kind of just scrolled to this message. Some girl recommended this book, You Can Heal Your Life. (laughs) You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. And I just said, okay, I'm going to download it right now. And I did. And boy, am I healing. She talks about positive affirmations. So I stare in the mirror and I go, Christina, you are worthy of love. You are loving and lovable. You are loving and lovable. Christina, you're loving and lovable. And I just say that as I look in my own eyes. And eventually, I smile. And I believe it. And then something will happen. I'll be like, yeah, of course that'll happen to me because I'm a piece of shit. So it's a journey. You got to keep doing it. But I'm going to read some excerpts from this book at the end of this episode. But it got me thinking, you know, where does my... I have self-esteem in some areas and not in other areas. But where does my shit come from? Where do my issues come from? Because and I have some guesses, obviously. I don't like blaming everything on my parents. It's just, ugh. And Louise Hay said that when you blame somebody, you give your power away. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's kind of true. Oh, and I came across this one Instagram post. I don't know if you guys follow the holistic psychologist. 
she's really good. She has like a million followers. And I came across this post I was scrolling before I recorded. And I was like, oh, that hurts. But that's also very true. I'm trying to find it right now. The period. Holistic. Ho- holi- holi- I can't spell holistic, y'all. <laughs> this is the post. Adults addicted to their own stress hormones were once children who lived in unpredictable environments of overreaction, <clears throat> rage spirals, and fear. Healing is becoming consci- conscious. I can't say that word. To when unconsciously, when we unconsciously seek chaos, why we do it, and how often. With this awareness, we can teach our bodies safety in the present. And I was like, "Oh, that hurts," because it's true. Ouchies. But I was reading this Louise Hay book and it made me feel all warm inside when I listened to she narrates it, which I like. And I was listening to it and it just felt like a hug. It felt like I was wearing a Snuggie. And I was like, oh, I can just believe that I'm a good person. I choose that. And I have my mirror is now covered in sticky notes with positive affirmations on it. Here's the ones I wrote down from this book. Divine intelligence gives me all the ideas I can use. All is perfect, whole, and complete. I repeat, all is perfect, whole, and complete. If I say it is. Because you choose what to believe, right? And then I wrote, I love and accept myself. uh, Ten times. I love and accept myself. 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 You know, if you say it enough times, you believe it. So there's a trick. I also was thinking back on other things that made me feel maybe less than as a kid or something. I don't know. I was just looking for stuff to maybe click and go, oh. And I realized that my three, three out of my four grandparents called me Christine. Three out of four call me Christine. And I, like they never, boy, do they not spell my name right. And I mean, hey, I didn't choose it, number one. Number two, I get it. But number three, I'm your grandkid. So maybe spell it right. But whatever. As a kid, when my grandparents would call me Christine, or when they would, like there's home videos of them going, oh, Christine. I'm like, that's not my name. Okay. And I know in your head you're spelling it C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E. I felt it when you said it. My name's not Christine. It's Christina. But my one grandpa would spell my name K-H-R-S-T-Y-Y-N-A. And I'm like, dude, come on. Just call my mom and ask how it's spelled. Because it's certainly not spelled like that. Christine. That's not my name. My name is not Christine. It's Christina. I get it. Spelled a little unconventionally. Apparently, it's a Polish spelling. Are we Polish? No. But, hey. So, I was like, oh, I wonder if my grandparents call me by the wrong name. Fucked me up. (laughs) I'm just looking for things. (laughs) Uh, Guys, the world, we got to get each other's backs, okay? We just, we got to, I'm seeing, there's just so many, I'm following so many accounts where I'm like, oh, God, human beings are so bad to one another because of, the color of their skin and because of the things that they perceive. And then I thought to myself, I'm like, could you imagine if another species of mammal 
had the same mental hangups as a human? Could you imagine if like like jungle cats were racist? Like jungle like a like one like a jaguar hated a lion? I mean, that would make the David Attenborough narrated nature documentaries like a reality show. The jaguar is approaching the cliff. He turns back to get a drink by the pond, and then he sees a lion. He does not like the lion, because he thinks the lion is lazy. And he thinks that when the lion gets his food, he's cheating. And he's secretly angry at the lion, because he hates himself. Could you imagine if animals hated themselves? We wouldn't have animals. If do- I think of dogs, just a dog. If dogs had the same mental hangups as human beings, first of all, we would hate dogs. Not having a prefrontal cortex, man, it really makes you a better, better, it just makes you nicer. Could you imagine if dogs didn't want to be near one another because of the color of their fucking fur? The dog park would be absolute chaos. Thank God dogs don't have opposable thumbs or they could they could stab you because of predisposition like they they just because of racism dog racism if dogs if dogs hated themselves or got mad at themselves the way humans did I mean Jesus Christ we'd probably send them all to another island because we're like, we can't deal with that. Only one species has to have mental hangups on this planet. But like no other animal has mental hangups other than humans. I just think that's really interesting. So here's some lessons that I that I took from the Louise Hay book so far. Don't you worry, I'll give you more. Other than all these affirmations. Blaming someone, she poses this thought, and I was like, well, that's interesting. The, uh, ponder this, if you will. Blaming someone gives your power away. When you blame somebody, you're giving away your power. And when I first heard that on the audiobook, I was like, ouchies, that hurts, but also true. Because if you blame someone, then you're essentially saying, you're responsible for me not being happy. You know? Now, granted, if someone did something fucked up to you, I mean, you got to bl- like blame them. Wait, what's the dictionary definition of blame? Blame. Let's see. Because sometimes I got to look up words because Americans, we're fucking up words left and right uh, with our new meanings. Blame verb, assign responsibility for a fault or wrong. The inquiry blamed the engineer for the accident. I mean, just the word blame sucks. However, when someone fucks up, you really you want to know who did it, but. Do you want to know who did it? I guess so you could fire him. Or her, I guess. Women make mistakes too. Hashtag equality. But the word blame just has a lot of ugh to it. Like a grossness. But, so, you know, if someone does... Like, I blame Hitler for the Holocaust. I think that's fucking fair. You could blame him for the... You blame Hitler for the Holocaust. But, you know, I'm thinking, take a step back. More everyday versions, Right? Like the when you get mad at people throughout your day, if you get mad at people throughout your day. And if you don't, good for you. You're doing the work. 
But yeah, blame gives your power away. And I was like, well, that's a goddamn good point, Louise. Oh, and this section, I'm just going to read it. This section fucked me up. And I proposed this thought to you a, a couple episodes ago. I don't know how long ago. Time isn't real. But um, she subscribes to this belief. And it's just a belief, so you can believe it or not. You choose what you believe, so whatever helps you is what you should believe. But she believes that we choose our parents before we get here. I've talked about that um, with whatever the fuck book I was into at that moment. But here's an excerpt from I Believe We Choose Our Parents. Each one of us decides to incarnate upon this planet at a particular point in time and space. We have chosen to come here to learn a particular lesson that will advance us upon our spiritual evolutionary pathway. We choose our sex, our color, our country, and then we look around for the particular set of parents who will mirror that pattern we are bringing in to work on this life in this lifetime. And I was like, that's interesting. Then when we grow up, we usually point our fingers accusingly at our parents and whimper, you did it to me. But really, we chose them because they were perfect for what we wanted to work on overcoming. Well, when you put it that way. All right. Guess I got to learn to stand up for myself in this lifetime. Huh? We learn our belief systems as very little children. And then we move through life creating experiences to match our beliefs. That hurts, but it's true. Look back in your own life and notice how often you have gone through the same experience. I'm just going to pause give you time to ponder that. Well, I believe you created those experiences over and over because they mirrored something you believed about yourself. Doesn't really matter how long we have had a problem or how big it is or how life-threatening it is. And then I think to, you know, one of the obvious areas in life where all your shit comes up is romance is dating and i've been there and i see people do it guys and girls and they's and thems no one is immune from choosing shitty partners over and over and over again you know when your friend dates a real piece of shit and you're like christina he and you're like shut up you don't just jealous because i'm in love and you're like nah, that's not it okay well see you never but you know when your friend dates someone you're like, oh, this guy sucks. And then it ends and you saw it coming and then they do it again and then they do it again with another person and then they do it again with another person and I'm like, ugh, that's a pattern. Louise Hay also suggests that the only thing we're ever dealing with is a thought and a thought can be changed. And usually upon hearing that, I was like, no. But then I pondered it and I was like, you know what? Yeah, I think this bitch, in a positive, uh, uplifting way, has got a point. Thoughts produce feelings which trigger your reaction to those feelings. That's another thing she said in the book. And it, it just, it made me ponder. Um, let me read some other sections. Oh, however, oh, uh, Oh, this is one about not blaming our parents and about early home life. Okay, let me just read this whole fucking part. When we are very little, we learn how to feel about ourselves and about life by the reactions of the adults around us, which is so goddamn true. It is the way we learn what to think about ourselves and about our world. Now, if you've lived with people who are very unhappy, frightened, guilty, 
or angry or all of them or all of them. Okay, cool. Then you learned a lot of negative things about yourself and about your world. I'll never do that again. It's my fault. If I get angry, I'm a bad person. Beliefs like this create a frustrating life. Yeah, no shit, Louise. When we grow up, we have a tendency to recreate the emotional environment our early home of our early home life. Ouch. This is not good or bad or right or wrong. It is just what we know inside as home. Well, that's good. We also tend to recreate in our personal relationships and relation, uh, the relationships we had with our mothers or with our fathers or what they had between them. Think how often you have had a lover or a boss who was just like your mother or father. Ugh, it hurts, Louise. Take the pain away. We also treat ourselves the way our parents treated us. Ouchies, motherfucker. We scold and punish ourselves in the same way. Ooh, that hurts. You can almost hear the words when you listen. We also love and encourage ourselves in the same way if we were loved and encouraged as children. If is the very important word in that sentence. Quote, you never do anything right or it's all your fault. How often have you said this to yourself? You are wonderful. I love you. How often do you tell yourself this? Well, not as often. However, I would not blame our parents for this. Thank God. We are all victims of victims. Oh, I love that. Maybe that should be the title. I don't know. We'll see. We are all victims of victims, and they could not possibly have taught us anything they did not know. <clears throat> well, that's true, I guess. If your mother did not know how to love herself, or your father did not know how to love himself, then it would be impossible for them to teach you to love yourself. That's fucking true. They were doing the very best they could with what they had been taught as children. If you want to understand your parents more, get them to talk about their own childhood. And if you listen with compassion, you will learn where their fears and rigid patterns come from. Those people who did all that stuff to you were just as frightened and scared as you are. Well, shit, Louise. Shit. That's not a lie. And then I thought to myself as I was reading this book, or I was listening to it, <laughs> as I was listening to this book, whatever, it's the same thing. Fuck you. I can read. I go, when I first downloaded it and listened to it, I was like, oh shit, I should just forgive my parents. And I did. I mean, I didn't do it to their face, but I did it privately. And I felt lighter. But when you forgive, it's not, you're not saying, it's okay that you did that. Because that still stinks. But you got to move on from it, man. I mean, you got to fucking move on. You can't be stuck in the past. Wait, let me find this one fucking paragraph that really blew my goddamn mind. Um, Hold on, hold on, hold on. Just give me a second. Talk amongst yourselves. Oh, forgiveness. Yeah, let's talk about forgiveness. Even if, even if you can't love me anymore. Oh, that's going to be the ending song. I'm recording this right before it comes out. Sorry, Mike. Okay. Oh, this is a good one. The inner belief for everyone I have worked with is always, I'm not good enough. Well, guess what, bitch? You are. We often add to that, and I don't do enough. Oh, crap. Or, I don't deserve. Does this sound like you? Yes. 
often saying or implying or feeling that you are not good enough. Okay, yeah, you got me again, Louise. But for whom? I don't fucking know. And according to whose standards? I mean, God's. If this belief is very strong in you, then how can you possibly have created a loving, joyous, prosperous, healthy life? Well, I don't know. Joy just pops through the cracks every once in a while, doesn't it? Somehow your main subconscious belief would always be contradicting it. Somehow you would never quit it, uh, quite get it together for something would always be going wrong somewhere. Oh, and that's the soundtrack of my life, Louise. I find that resentment, criticism, guilt, and fear cause more problems than anything else. These four things cause the major problems in our bodies and in our lives. These feelings come from blaming others and not taking responsibility for our own experiences. Hey, if the common denominator is you, it's your fault. Well, not fault, but something like that. You see, if we are all responsible for everything in our lives, then there is no one to blame. I see what you're doing there, Louise. Touche. Whatever is happening out there is only a mirror of our own inner thinking. I'm not condoning other people's poor behavior. Well, good, because neither am I. But it is our beliefs that attract people who will treat us this way. Ouchies, that fucking hurt. If you find yourself saying, everyone always does such and such to me, criticizes me, is never there for me, uses me like a doormat, abuses me, then this is your pattern. Ooh, hot plate of truth coming right up. There is some thought in you that attracts people who exhibit this behavior. When you no longer think this way, they will go elsewhere and do that same thing to somebody else. Ooh, good. You will no longer attract them. Following are some results of patterns that manifest in the physical body. Resentment that is long held can eat away at the body and come become the disease we call cancer. Oh shit, we got a lot of resentment going on. Criticism as a permanent habit can often lead to arthritis in the body. Guilt always looks for punishment and punishment creates pain. Like the pain in my heart? Sure. Or what about in my neck and shoulders? That too. Thanks Louise, you're the shit. When a client comes to me with a lot of pain, I know they are holding a lot of guilt. Well, that hurts. Fear and the tension it produces can create things like baldness. Uh Uh-oh, don't want that. Ulcers. Ouchies. And even sore feet. Sore feet? Wait, fear can create sore feet? (laughs) That's kind of funny. (laughs) Next time someone tells me their feet are sore, I'll be like, what are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? And then I'm going to hold a mirror to their face. And I'm just going to be like, say it. I have found that forgiving and releasing resentment will dissolve even cancer. Well, that's a bold statement, but let's, you know, I'm willing to entertain it. While this may sound simplistic, I have seen and experienced it working. We could change our attitude towards the past. Here we go. Now we're talking. The past is over and done. Goddamn right it is. We cannot change that now. Yet we can change our thoughts about the past. I love this sentence. Ready for this? Are you ready for this fucking truth bomb? You might want to pull over or stop your horse. How foolish for us to punish ourselves in the present moment because someone hurt us in the past long ago. Woo! Get that that buffet of truth out here, Louise. It's Golden Corral. They got hot truth, cold truth, frozen truth, and warm truth. Mashed truth, tossed truth. Golden buffet truth. I often say to people who have deep resentment patterns, please begin to dissolve the resentment now when it is relatively easy. 
Don't wait until you are under the threat of a surgeon's knife or on your deathbed when you may have to deal with panic, too. Ooh, that sounds like a fun death, huh? Death isn't real. (laughs) Over. When we are in a state of panic, it is very difficult to focus our minds on the healing work. Well, that's understatement of the goddamn century. We have to take time out to dissolve the fears first. If we choose to believe we are helpless victims and that it's all hopeless, then the universe will support us in this belief. Thanks, universe. You're great, girl. And we will just go down the drain. It is, a, it is vital that we release these foolish, outmoded, negative thoughts and ideas that do not support us and nourish us. Even our concept of God needs to be one that is for us, not against us. So God doesn't hate you if you're homosexual? No. Well, that's good. That's the one thing that always turned me off about religion is when they get Haiti. And I'm not talking about the country. I'm talking about drinking that haterade. To release the past, we must be willing to forgive. Crap. We need to choose to release the past and forgive everyone, ourselves included. We may not know how to forgive and we may not want to forgive. But the very fact that we say we are willing to forgive begins the healing process. Well, I'm willing to forgive. Woo, I'm healed. It is imperative for our own healing that we release the past and forgive everyone. I forgive you for not being the way I wanted you to be. I forgive you and I set you free. This affirmation sets us free. Cool. I'm going to say it again. I forgive you for not being the way I wanted you to be. Now, if someone actually said that to me, I'd be like, bitch, fuck you. But honestly, when Louise says it, I understand what she's saying. <laughs> could, you imagine, could you imagine if someone you're fighting with was like, I forgive you for not being the way I wanted you to be. Honestly, when you think about it, it sounds cunty, but when you think about it, you're like, thank you. Uh, all disease comes from a state of unforgiveness. Whenever we are ill, we tend to search, uh, search our hearts to see who it is we need to forgive. The Course in Miracles says that disease comes from a state of unforgiveness. And whenever we are ill, we need to look around to see who it is that we need to forgive. Oh, well, I'm not really ill that often. Maybe I'm very forgiven. But see, that's the other thing. And I'm like, okay, sometimes that's my original thought process was, oh, we need to be forgiving, right? And then everyone's like, Christina, you're letting people walk all over you. And I'm like, oh, shit, I am. Okay, should I not forgive? Like, I wouldn't forgive that. Okay, then I guess I won't forgive it too. And then I call the person that I forgave and I was like, hey, remember when I said I forgive you? I take it back because I'm a powerful grown-ass woman with a bank account and a credit card and I do not forgive you. And then I get cancer. Is that how it goes? But it's hard to find the, 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 the balance because my ego, it's like, but if I forgive you, you're going to think you pulled one over on me. I wish we'd still talk like that. Billy, you pulled one over on me and I I forgive you. Like, I don't want it. You know, when you forgive somebody, I guess when you forgive them, you don't really have to tell them. Because in my house earlier when I was listening to that audiobook, and I was like, oh, I forgive my parents. It felt really nice to say, but I didn't call them and tell them that. But I feel like I got to call them and tell them that. I got to do the hard work. I think my lesson in this lifetime, one of them, is that I need to find the middle ground between letting people walk all over me and tell me how to feel and think between that and becoming a hard, cold piece of ice who doesn't let anyone in. If I don't let anyone in, then no one will hurt me, right? Oh, okay. Never mind. 
I would add to that concept that the very person you find it hardest to forgive is the one you need to let go of the most. Ouchies. Forgiveness means giving up, letting go. I like that you put it that way because usually we don't equate giving up with a thing that's good. But that is like when you don't forgive someone, you're holding on to that thing like a goddamn life vest on the Titanic. Forgiveness means giving up and letting go. It has nothing to do with condoning behavior. It's just letting the whole thing go. We do not have to know how to forgive. All we need to do is be willing to forgive. The universe will take care of the house. Okay, that sounds good. That sounds good. Mm, I'm just reading through this book. Oh, should statements. Stop saying you should or someone should. That's fucked up. Oh, okay. So he, she basically teach, uh, you know, treats this book as if she's doing a session with you, which I appreciate. Chapter two. What is the problem? Well, Louise, do you have a couple hours, days, months, years? When someone comes to her and she, they say, my body doesn't work. It hurts, bleeds, aches, oozes, twists, blows up, limps, burns, ages, can't see, can't hear, is rotting away, and so on. <laughs> Who's horny? Plus whatever else you may have created. I think I have heard them all. My relationships don't work. They are smothering, absent, demanding, don't support me, always criticizing me, unloving, never leave me alone, pick on me all the time. Well, that sucks. Don't want to be bothered with me. Walk all over me. Now we're talking. Never listen to me. Mm-hmm. And so on. <laughs> Add to that, in love with somebody else and talking to me about it. That's fine. I'll listen. Don't worry about it. Plus, whatever else you have created. Yes, I've heard that all too. My finances don't work. They're non-existent. Seldom, seldom there, never enough. Just out of reach. Go out faster than they come in. Won't cover the bills. Slip through my fingers and so on. Plus, whatever else you have created. Of course, I've heard them all. My life doesn't work. My life doesn't work. Wee. I never get to do what I want to do. Now, so these are these are coming from the perspective of her clients. And I'm sure if you're listening to this, you can relate. Have you ever said any of the following? If so, go punch yourself. Just kidding. Be loving to yourself. I never get to do what I want to do. I can't please anyone. I don't know what I want to do. There is never enough time for me. My needs and desires are always left out. I'm only doing this to please them. I'm just a doormat. Nobody cares what I want to do. I have no talent. I can't do anything right. All I do is procrastinate. Nothing ever works for me. And so on. Plus whatever else you've created for yourself. All of these I have heard and more. Whenever I ask a new client what is going on in his or her life, or they or them, I usually get one of the above answers. Or maybe, okay, we get it. Someone's injured or on fire. Oh my God, I'm recording my podcast. And what? Ooh, FDNY. Mm, goddamn. Got a little tingle in my vagina. Or maybe several of these answers. They really think they know the problem. But I know these complaints are only outer effects of inner thought patterns. Beneath the inner thought pattern is another deeper, more fundamental pattern that is the basis of all the outer effects. I listen to the words they use as I ask some basic questions. What is happening in your life? Well, how is your health? It's okay. How do you do? What do you do for a living? I'm a comedian. Do you like your work? Yes. How are your finances? They're okay. I buy a lot of stuff, though. How is your love life? Oh, you got an hour? And times 10? How did the last relationship end? (laughs) 
Fuck off, Louise. And the relationship before that, how did that end? All right, Louise, I get it. Tell me about your childhood, briefly. Briefly? (laughs) Briefly, she says. Briefly, she says. I watched the body postures and the facial movements, but mostly I really listen to the words they say, they meaning the clients. Thoughts and words create our future experiences. As I listen to them talk, I can readily understand why they have these particular problems. The words we speak are indicative of our inner thoughts. Sometimes the words they use do not match the experiences they describe. Then I know that they are either not in touch with what is really going on, it's probably that one, or they are lying to me and themselves. Either one is a starting point and gives us a basis from which to begin. Well, that's good. That's a little bit of that. I'm going to read some excerpts from that every couple episodes. But that's forgiveness means giving up. When I first heard that, I was like, but but if we give up, we're a failure and we should just kill ourselves. Now, that's not it. It's not it. Just choose to love yourself. Look in the mirror. Next time you're in front of a mirror, I'm talking to you. Next time you're in front of a mirror, go, hey, I love and accept myself. Say it 10 times in a different voice. Just do a different voice. Who gives a shit? Just do it. Here's some other affirmations. I don't want to read them. Wait, I'm always, ooh, ooh. These are the ones she said about career. And I was like, oh, I love these. How they these make me feel. I'm always in demand and can pick and choose what I want to do. Just say that out loud in a mirror. My work is joy, is a joy and a pleasure. Well, that's already true, but I'm going to keep saying it because I want it to keep being true. Oh, and then I wrote, I fly in private jets with creative minds. I was a fan of my whole life. That's why I wrote. Because <laughs> look, if you can, if you can make your own goals, why not make them like the best goals? I move into the winning circle. Toot toot. See you later, losers. <laughs> I'm getting. See, now these affirmations are making me too cocky. I am a magnet for divine prosperity. Sometimes I feel like, or at least a while ago, I felt like doing affirmations like this was kind of sad. But then I realized I was just projecting because I did not know yet how to love myself. And so I was like, oh, look at that sad, sad person staring at themselves in a mirror saying shit. Must must suck, huh? That sucks. Riches of every sort are drawn to me. Okay, guys, repeat after me, all right? Repeat these, motherfucker. You don't have to be in a mirror. Just repeat what I say and feel it. Just pretend it's true. Remember when you were a little kid and you played dress up? And you know, or like you played with stuff and you used your imagination, you still have an imagination. It's just buried by what life did to you, huh? And don't worry, I'm right there with you. But take a second, take a deep breath. Let's do it together. Breathe in and, and breathe out. <sighs> Was that relaxing? But say it after me everything I touch is a success. Nice. There is plenty for everyone, including me. I establish a new awareness of success. I move into the winning circle. Beep, beep, 
fuck off, losers. Don't say that last part. I feel like that'll fuck it up. Uh, I am blessed beyond my fondest dreams. That's cute. You could tell this book is a little old because you use the word fondest, but that's sweet. I am blessed beyond my fondest dreams. Uh, golden opportunities are everywhere for me and I accept them. I deserve to be a success in every area of my life. Say it. I deserve to be a success in every area of my life. Good job. I allow success to flow through me. I allow success to flow through me. I love and accept myself. Ready? Say it. Say it again. I love and and accept myself. Do you know, I wrote that down 10 times and I realized I spelled accept wrong. I love and I spelled it E-X-C-B-T. I love and accept myself. <laughs> I'm stupid. It's fine. You know, I have so many things in my brain that sometimes spelling isn't one of them. And when I say sometimes, I mean, it never is. Um, guys, we're going to do a short episode today. That's it. I just want to leave you on a positive note because I want this podcast to make your life better and make you laugh at yourself and those around you. Okay. I got a lot of fun things in store for you, not just with the Patreon, but I'm very excited about that because I want to have monthly Zooms where we fucking talk to each other. That's going to be one of the levels. But get excited for that if you want. And I'd be like, I'd support that. And also, uh, you know, congrats on not killing yourself. And you're doing a good job. Okay. If no one's told you lately, hey, I'm proud of you. And I love you. Yeah, even you. I love you and I love you and I love you. Okay, it'll all be okay. It'll all work out. We can overcome our negative thought patterns, y'all. It just takes practice. When I learn a new song on the piano, I got to practice it over and over again. And I got to fuck up over and over again before I'm able to play the song right. If you want to change your life by changing your mind, you got to practice. Think about it like an athlete. You're a fucking athlete. Okay, you have the willpower and you have the ability to do it. And you're so much more powerful than you can ever know. So fucking use it, okay? Guys, I love you. I hope you have a wonderful week. And I'll talk to you next Wednesday.